0: I did not not do my research on this. What? Sorry. I didn't do research on this or the last one. I only research the ones where I know we're going to argue so I can just put you guys in your place. Oh, Jesus.
1: All right, mister, I hate the uh,
0: company, but shouted them out three
1: times in the last episode. <laughs> still <distillery is> Nice. <laughs>
2: podcast about bourbon and the ones who drink it. This is Bourbon Matters. Welcome to Bourbon Matters. I'm Jake. I'm Dan.
1: And I'm Gold Eagle Jake.
2: That was so
1: enthusiastic. Dan. Uh, I don't know how to... I'm oh, Dan. Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like none um, of us sound enthusiastic anytime we do that, but
0: <laughs> I just, just wanted to it, mix it up this time a little bit differently because I always say the same thing the same way. So it, I, I do
1: too, but I feel like our our you know 50 listeners out there, they they wait for that on their morning commute. They want that get them psyched up. They're like, I can't wait for yeah. he said
0: I'm Dan. Mm-hmm. I'm Dan, I'm Yeah. Dan, and
1: I'm yeah. Gold Eagle Jake. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. The highlight of their day is listening to Dan. Right? If if I'm any part of any highlight of your day, just yeah. end it. <laughs> <laughs> You're too far gone. <laughs> yeah, there's no help. God.
2: <laughs> what are we even right? doing today? So uh we are doing part two. A, part two of our discussion about um competition against the big six. Um, but in this episode we're talking about all the distilleries outside of Kentucky and how they have to compete with not only each other, but also uh, the big six, your Buffalo Traces, Heaven Hills, uh, Four Roses, Jim Beams. I don't even know what the others are. They're missing two, right? Wild Turkey. And um...
0: Jake just got an online order, it sounded like. We did. Yeah. You guys heard that? I don't know. Yeah. A little ka-ching. I heard that. Nice little online order coming in during the show. Mm -hmm. Was it Jake again? (laughs) Yeah.
2: yeah, I
1: I think it was, it might have been. I don't know. Um, But yeah. So, so how to, how to stand out as a non-Kentucky distillery? We just talked about how to stand out as a Kentucky distillery, um, which to sum it up was more so creating a destination than, creating a good whiskey, not saying that you shouldn't create a good whiskey. Um, Obviously that's the ultimate end goal. Um, But when you're a newer brand and you're trying to establish your name and get people to recognize you, you need to do something a little different. Um, Mm -hmm. As we know, whiskey takes time to age. um, and it can take, you know, six, 10 years before you get some respect behind the stuff that you're putting out. So Kentucky, already has a big name in itself how do you become a big name in the bourbon world if you're outside of Kentucky because there's still a lot of people that associate bourbon as a Kentucky thing and they think yeah. if you're outside of Kentucky you know you're not a real bourbon which we know isn't true but there's there's a yeah. good handful of people that think that
0: it's 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 amazing i mean one thing Kentucky has done really well is making people think that only bourbon can be made in Kentucky because on the tours all the time at whiskey acres every single one when one of the tour guides asked the people what makes what is what are some of the rules to be a bourbon someone will always say it has to be made in kentucky it's so hilarious they already have a foothold on they've whitewashed everyone to think that and there are a lot of people that just think that kentucky bourbon kentucky whiskey is the only good whiskey and even to the point where Um, I was at Gold Eagle one night uh, because I got really, really drunk with Jake and told him I could sell a bunch of whiskey acres at his store. Um, And when I got (laughs) sober, I was reminded of that. So when when I was there, I was giving out samples to people. And I had two people tell me that they only buy whiskey from Kentucky. I got them to try our stuff. They're like, well, that's really good, but they're not going to buy it because it's not Kentucky. Um so these distilleries that are in the other 49 states already have one hand behind their back uh in the fight against them. So it's the one is you got to beat them first and then you got to beat all the other competitors. So yeah, how how do distilleries not in Kentucky um stand out and and get sales?
2: Yeah, so I mean we talked a lot in the last episode about experiences and um creating destinations i think that's incredibly true for places outside of kentucky um it's the big benefit that distilleries in kentucky have is the kentucky trail and there's just all kinds of things to do you know outside of one single distillery in kentucky um where it's much harder if you're a you know destination in any other state that's trying to sell whiskey or or any other kind of alcohol um like this even goes for breweries I think in a lot of ways too um but I I think uh <clears throat> one of the big ways that I think a lot of non-Kentucky brands are pursuing is winning awards um because a lot of brands are going to san francisco wine festival or or uh you know spirits festival and getting like double golds on on things and they're they're not kentucky brands um whiskey acres has won some awards at uh san francisco i think Mm -hmm. um barrel you know is is a good example um and there's a lot of different uh non-kentucky brands that really i think do a good job of showcasing the brand at these like different events though i think uh we've talked in the past about how some of those are a little um some might say rigged but uh (laughs) Well, so they're, uh,
1: influenceable the, uh, in different ways. Uh, <laughs> or, yeah the 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 awards is a good point, although they can be very shaky. You know, yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of competitions out there. Um, there's there's almost like too many because like yeah. every time you yeah. go look at a distillery's website, um, you know they're promoting. Oh, we won gold at the Sheboygan whiskey, like fall festival, whatever, you know, something really stupid. Right. But props to these distilleries for actually entering their stuff. And when it does well in a competition, they run with it and they promote that. Um, and I mean, like you said earlier, they're already starting so far behind Kentucky distilleries, even new Kentucky distilleries. They don't have that you know, credibility factor of being a Kentucky bourbon. Um, So they're trying to find all these different ways that they can kind of establish a little bit of credibility for themselves and then run with it. So I think, yes, there's a lot of competitions. There's too many out there. Um, There's too many awards being given, but like if you do enter one of these competitions and your whiskey does well, that's something you should promote and be per- mm-hmm. prideful on um, as Jake's showing up a 291 distillery. That's that Colorado distillery, right? Yeah. But but so, like, that's a, that's a, that's a perfect example right now because if you're watching the video, this bottle has, like, six award stickers slapped on the bottle. Yeah. And... When I first saw this bottle, which was a couple months ago, my first thought was like, "Oh, that's cool. That's unique. That's something different." Like they, yeah. it looks like somebody just threw on some stickers onto the bottle, which I'm pretty sure that's what they did. Um, but still, it's something different. Like it's showing people, like, "Hey, we're a, we're a small kind of unknown craft distillery that has done well in competitions, and so they're doing something to try and stand out." amongst all of these established brands, um, especially, you know, they're, they're starting off so far behind, just not being Kentucky. And I don't know if they do clear spirits, um, but I'd never heard of them. Boom.
0: Whiskey goes. Uh, Bibb bourbon, double gold. Yep. <sighs> yep. Um, yeah, awards definitely help. It gives you something to put <clears> in <throat> your bottle, <throat> and, um. <clears throat> You know, it's it's comparable in wine when you have your your score of your whiskey in the in the '90s when people don't know your brand, but they can look at your on the little tag on the shelf at the store and say, "This is a ninety-three ranked ninety-three by yep." Um. So it's it's something to stand out. It's something to get people to <clears> think <throat> that hey, at least at least one place has drank this and thought this was really good, right? Um, it's basically what a sticker <laughs> saying. That's Like nothing against the competitions, but that's all it is, is you're getting a group of of people at one place to decide at that time that your whiskey tastes good.
1: So so maybe like whiskey competitions is another episode topic that we talk about later on. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that's a great point to bring up because if you're a young distillery and you're new, like, what do you do? You have to enter these competitions and you have to run with any positive news or energy that you get you have to run with that you have to promote it you have to run with it like that is your gasoline to get your brand to the next level right and
2: so and one of the other things that i think is i i think a lot of distilleries are starting to lean into this now is taking advantage of their geographical location um for example uh a lot of the distilleries in Colorado, like old elk, um, Breckenridge, um, apparently two nine one. Cause this is really good. Um, are kind of leaning into the high altitude. Um, you, uh, like natural state of, of, you know, where they're located. And, um, kind of creating their messaging around the fact that that altitude helps age things faster and helps distill at different proof points um, and like gets them something unique out of the actual process that you can't get out of Kentucky.
1: There's, um, I mean, yeah, that's a good point too. And I'm not going to pretend like I remember what Harrison was talking about at our Breckenridge <laughs> masterclass. Cause he was going into all sorts of science about, because they're at this altitude and they distill this way, like it's completely different than anywhere else in the world and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, I, so yeah, you need to find something to kind of run with. And they also ran with the, Hey, we're distilling with snow melt.
2: Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And he explained at the masterclass that they're, they actually are like, they're, they have a mountain where it, it, funnels in all the snow that's melting and that's what they use to distill their whiskey so they found a niche they found something unique and they ran with it and they're promoting that and i think that's something cool that kind of draws people to their brand um you know if you're hearing that for the first time i mean i know this is true for me like it made me want to go try a bottle of their whiskey because like what is Mm -hmm. what does whiskey taste like when it's distilled from melted snow? Yeah, <laughs> it's, and, it's 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 and- it sounds gimmicky. It is a little gimmicky, but still, it's something different, and it's better than this is our limestone water source. Yeah, right. It's um, not like they put that on the bottle or
2: anything either. No, like- no, right.
1: But they're they're <laughs> they're kind of creating their own little story based yeah. on what they have to work with. Right, and like,
0: and we yeah, go ahead, Dan. I say when we talked about it in the Kentucky episode of like you have a couple different distillery types. You have the old historic distilleries and the new modern distilleries to get people to come and see you. There's like the ones in Colorado. One of the ones I'm thinking of is high West. Use your geographic to get people to come and see you and try you uh, try things out. Like being able to ski into the high West saloon from the mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the coolest these, experiences. You have these crazy cool experiences in some places. I mean, we're, we're the Midwest. We're pretty flat. There's nothing crazy. But, hey, you know what we do? We grow really good corn here. So what's the main ingredient in bourbon? Um, use what's around you. Plug whiskey make...
1: acres right there.
0: I... <laughs> Plug Gold Eagle making the sales tonight. Man. Uh, I got to figure out how to turn <laughs> that off. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it's like. Yeah, it's. You're not in Kentucky. Boo-hoo, get over it. You have. So many cool places and so many things that make you stand out and make you better than Kentucky that you need to promote that and may yeah, high altitude stuff and using snow melt are going to park city and skiing with with your whiskey. There's so many other things you can take advantage of that you can set yourself out from uh, Kentucky. And I tell you what, I'd rather go to uh park city, see high West than go to uh go back to Kentucky to see another distillery because that'd yeah. be a way different experience <clears throat> well and like I mean there's even uh, like I,
2: I think I've talked about this before but uh, whiskey Delbach that makes the single malts oh, in Arizona yeah. um, they're in like an industrial park in Tucson and uh, they're, they're building they do all their aging in the same building that they're uh, distilling in they don't Really, I, I don't think they uh, ship out of outside of Arizona, maybe uh, the surrounding states. But uh, if you're ever out there, it's totally worth going. They make excellent whiskey. Um, but uh, when we were there taking a tour, uh, they said that they actually can't age longer than two years because the desert fluctuations and temperature are so drastic that it's almost like it's aging for like 10 years over the course of two years um, mm-hmm. compared to like a Kentucky age. So they, they actually have to bottle much faster, um, which actually allows them to like, not have to have a rickhouse because their turnaround is so fast. Um, yeah. But, but like that's, and- they get to take advantage of that and, and they actually do it effectively, which is, which is cool.
1: Yeah. So I was going to say that that's a good point. And, um, you know, compared to like Texas distilleries too, which mm-hmm. I wish they were a bit more prideful mm-hmm. about that and kind of ran with that a little bit more. Um, because, you do see a lot of really good two and three year bourbon coming out of Texas. Um, yep. You know, these dry areas where the, there's just so much wood interaction, um, you know, right away. Cause it's just so hot and so dry. Um, you know, if I was a Texas distillery that produced a really good two year bourbon, I would slap two years right on the front of the label. And this might be controversial to a lot of people because you know, there's a lot of age, whores, I should say, maybe yeah. out there who are like, yeah, yeah, I'm not drinking anything under the under six years. I'm not drinking anything under eight years. I mean, I get it all the time in the store. People are like, "How old is it?" Like, oh, I don't drink anything under you know six years. Um, but they're they're producing a really good quality two year product in these hotter states. Um, Smoke Wagon's another example, like. I've talked to Aaron. He he doesn't age things. He can't age things because within a year the barrels mm-hmm. are empty. They're just so dried up. That's yeah. how fast things are aging in these climates. So I think if I was a, a Texas distillery, um, you know, I would be boastful on how quickly we're able to age a good quality product. I think a lot of them are still just a little hesitant because they know when, when someone sees two year, you're not going to get a lot of respect. Um, Yeah. Right. But, but if the product speaks for itself, then it speaks for itself and you don't need to, you know, sugar coat it, anything more than that. If, if the if you're coming out with a good product, that's all you need to, you need to do. People will find it. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm drinking this two
2: nine one uh distillery from Colorado. They're actually in Colorado Springs. Um, and I was just looking over the bottle and uh, on the back, it says aged at least one year in an American oak barrel. And I was like, there's no way. Cause if you're watching the video, this is like black as night,
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: dark whiskey. <laughs> um, But I mean, Colorado Springs is, I think, not only high elevation, but it's also where you start to get some of the desert environment. So it's probably aging so rapidly there that they probably can't get away with more than like two or three years aging. Um, And like the 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 oak flavor on this definitely follows the color. This is like. Dark, Coca-Cola. dark Coca Cola. Yeah, like this looks like Woodford Double Oak, <laughs> maybe even darker. <laughs> so, like, it, it, I, I think it's cool when distilleries don't try and hide that stuff. They do lean into it, um, and they're not afraid to actually tell you the truth.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. Other ways that I thought of uh, that we're seeing more and more of of to get recognition outside of Kentucky to understand that good whiskey can be made outside of there is you're seeing lots more of the big distillers leave Kentucky and you're getting some of these big master distillers to go to some of these other places. It's a good Old El- Old- yep. I know Greg Metz wasn't in Kentucky, but like Dave Pickerel has gone all over and helped. uh mm-hmm with distilleries get started you're getting these big names from kentucky to leave kentucky especially closer to the end of their career nancy fraley up in michigan now
1: doing joseph magnus Magnus
0: coppercraft so it's that's another way to i mean could they do just fine without yes but i mean having a big kentucky name or a big whiskey name behind you really helps set yourself out because. That was uh jake when I, when I was talking to people that said they only drink whiskey from Kentucky, the first question I'd ask is would you what do you think of Dave Pickerel?" Mm-hmm. A lot of them were big fans. Well, guess what? Whiskey Acres had him black and had him Whistle pig had him a whole slew of places had Dave Pickerel come out there and help him get started uh, making it basically the same way he did in Kentucky so mm-hmm. big, well, a big name like that can really help a brand out uh, to speaking stand out of on uh show.
2: Speaking of blackened, they're in Ohio and Ohio I think is having a bit of a whiskey renaissance. Um you have uh watershed is there. Blackened
1: watershed I think has just got warehouses.
2: Bought.
1: Oh really? Yeah, they just got bought um actually by the same people that own Torveg. Yeah. Oh, no way hmm yeah we i <laughs> found that out when i was at toraveg which yeah, was pretty I think, cool. I think it
0: broke like right after you got back is when yeah, I when we article. were
1: there we were told not to say anything but yeah that they just bought watershed yeah. and i was like oh, that's huh, that's kind of cool and that
0: um, that company doesn't have a lot of spirits they're they're more wine aren't they watershed no the, uh, the company no. bought watershed
1: Yeah, they they have a lot of different things. They have a lot of, like, weird liqueurs, like... That's right. Yeah, yeah. Like, a lot of, like, chocolate liqueurs, uh, like, fruity liqueurs, like, a lot of, like, all very good, very high-quality products, but just not a ton of distilleries. And actually, Toraveg was, like, the first, like, major distillery that they purchased. Um, Hmm. And they kind of, you know, were pioneers in starting that distillery as well with them um so obviously they're doing well because they're buying established brands now um american brands um so yeah i mean yeah there's there's quite a bit of ways to you know build your name if you're outside of kentucky but obviously it's a lot harder than being in kentucky
0: yeah i think that's like like you were talking about Ohio there. I don't want to cut you off from Ohio. Oh
2: yeah. I mean, like there's, you know, uh middle West is kind of the, the big one in Ohio. Um, they're, the they're
1: uncovered name. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone and will know about them soon, but
2: yeah, they're kind of poised to be the next MGP as MGP mm-hmm. is kind of closing off availability to a lot of people. Um, so that's, that's definitely one to keep an eye on. Um, a lot of their stuff's pretty hard to find right now. Um, though probably in the near future that'll that'll be a little bit more accessible,
1: I would hope. It's it's very hard to find, but nobody knows to ask for it or really what it is. Yeah. They're, I they're saw they had like,
2: the uh you had the straight wheat whiskey on your shelf today.
1: Uh we did, yeah, and it's kinda it's if you notice it's on the bottom shelf like kinda hidden away because like we can't really order any of that stuff they're they're being dominated by contracting companies that are just buying everything Mm -hmm. they have because they are kind of like the under the radar next up and coming mgp
2: Mm -hmm.
1: which if you're looking for their stuff um fox and odin is is one of the big names that has gotten behind middle west and has started to source middle west barrels Mm mm-hmm Actually, maybe that'll be my coupon code for the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Do a little Fox and Odin coupon um, because we Mm -hmm. can't really get Middle West stuff right now. But let's do do BM Fox Odin for one time use, 10% off any Fox and Odin bottle. That's O-D-E-N, correct? O-D-E-N. So B-M Fox Odin. B-M-F-O-X-O-D-E-N gets you 10% off any Fox and Odin. The rye is really good. One-time use. The rye <laughs> is really good. It's And then the rye is half the price of the rest. It's 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. The rye is actually kind of what I think of when I think of Middle West because they have the that pumpernickel rye mash bill, um, which is what they use in Fox and Odin, which sounds intimidating, but... It's really nice. It gives it like a nice little like roasty, chocolate kind of vibe. Yeah. Um little little bit of floral um but definitely not like overpowering
0: with spice or anything for that matter. Yep. What are some other ways they stand out? I mean, getting a big master distiller behind you, using your location to your advantage. Any other things that you think you guys can think of awards? uh to get a company to stand out outside of ohio or jeez i just talk about ohio outside well, so, of kentucky i i know we need
1: i know we need more inform. we we need more examples but like just the one big thing that we talked about a lot on the last episode is creating a destination and like the two mm-hmm. places that really come to mind to me i just want to shout them out is hard truth and starlight they're both yeah. in indiana they're both just outside of kentucky Um, but you know, hard truth is kind of marketing themselves as like Disneyland for adults. I know you guys have been there they do a lot of like ATV tours, um, and just more, more elevated experiences, um, that you don't necessarily think of when you think of a distillery. Um, but they've, they've made it. So like the average person wants to go travel to this place, stay on site, um, and then while you're there, you're obviously going to have some cocktails and have some, you know, whiskey and other things um, as well. Really they have a big, uh, really good food from what I've heard. Yeah. And they also have a yep. huge like amphitheater and they have big, uh, you know, kind of big name bands play there. Um these private concerts so like that's one thing starlight starlight's super cool because they have the whole farmer's market vibe they grow you know all these berries and crops and vegetables and everything on their farm and they have a permanent farmer's market you can go and check out so like these are places where if you're just kind of diving into whiskey or maybe you're heading down to the bourbon trail with your whole entire family um and you want to kind of Give them give an experience that the, everyone can enjoy, even if you have kids. Like I know Starlight has like a whole kids area where they do like little train rides and whatnot. So like just cool examples, something out of the box that gets people to come to your distillery and check you out um, as opposed to just
0: having a good whiskey. Mm-hmm. And if you blindfolded somebody and dropped them off at Hard Truth, you would not be able to tell you're in Indiana. You, were, you would swear you're in Kentucky from the looks of that place. Yeah, hilly, foresty. It looks like the hills of Kentucky, not the cornfields of Indiana, right? <laughs> well,
1: Indiana is kind of like a filler state, anyway.
0: Yeah. It's just like whoa, whoa. Oh.
1: something <laughs> you have to drive. Through it is, some... it is right. Yeah. I mean, they market themselves as the crossroads of America. Yeah, I joke about that every time I go down. Like they have nothing to boast about except for we're ah. connecting the east and the west coast.
0: No, because I used to drive through Indiana all the time when I had to go to Ohio for work. And every time I drove by, I drove by the RV Hall of Fame. You're not going to give the RV <laughs> Hall of Fame that's credit? I was
1: going to say, I thought you were going to say, I drove by the Save Jesus sign. No, no. Because <laughs> yeah. like, like, those like, are everywhere down there,
0: too. It's <laughs> the, like, not saying that the drive from Chicago area to Cleveland is boring, but there's like three exciting things you see. The first one is the uh, the time zone change. Uh-huh. <laughs> the second one is the old Elk or the the the, the R V Hall of Fame. And the third one is there's this really big old apple orchard just west of Columbus. And that's like my three landmarks on a six and a half hour drive. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Tesla probably tested out their autopilot there because I just let my hands off the wheel and go for an hour or so.
1: Yeah. But, it's a pretty but, straight road. <laughs> I mean the- so, what else can we think of? Anything else that besides having a cool destination, besides having good whiskey, um, awards? What masters, else is there? Awards, awards, awards um, yeah,
0: you know, like I, I a think cool the one thing story you had, behind
1: you, like, is, is there anything else?
0: Yeah, I think one thing I just thought of is the one downside of starting a distillery in Kentucky is you're one of a million. Yeah. When you're starting somewhere else in the United States, you right. might be the only distillery for a few hours in every direction. Right. And you can really get the grassroots moving behind you that way. Um mm-hmm. you know there there's people are drinking whiskey more now than now more than ever. A distillery pops up, it might be an hour or two drive, but there's no other distilleries to go to, so you can go there. They're always fun. It's nice to have a little grassroots movement and you get the locals to start buying it and then you keep spreading your branch or spreading your wings out farther and farther and farther uh, until you get into different states. And that's another way to do it too.
2: Yeah. I mean, one of the things too, that I think is worth bringing up is uh, because of the density in Kentucky, um, everybody's sourcing all of their ingredients where in the rest of the country, you get to open yourself up to opportunities like Whiskey Acres and uh, Frey Ranch have where they're you know, farm to bottle, uh, you know, all encompassing distilleries, um, which is really cool, um, and you know, like really fits the uh, millennial vibe of uh. <laughs> Knowing where your stuff comes from and all that kind of crap, so low uh, impact on the environment. Nah, nah. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> Not
1: that's that's no, that's a really good point. And Dan kind of touched on it earlier in this episode about how whiskey Acres is just you know they're they're building their whole thing about local corn, and we're we're looking into all these corn varietals and focusing on them and bringing you a whiskey that's made with different corn, like. That's something that you do as a new distillery to kind of stand out and, you know, make yourself mm-hmm. apart from everywhere else. Like, I don't know any place in Kentucky um, that you can walk in and find, like, at least three or more different corn varietals. Yeah. Yeah. And I say that I because, know, like, uh... there's there's maybe only two or three that I think of that have two Corn varietals, yeah, which would be they like Jeff the Creed and... has like a bloody butcher, they do a, a bloody butcher and yeah. a regular corn, and then like Castle and Key has a white corn. Um, but like there's no distillery I can think of that has three corn varietals, and there's only two or three I know of that have like two. So Whiskey Acre is doing farm to bottle and you know, five or I don't know how many varietals do you guys have now, probably more than what we've seen, but. Seven, so he's seven, and probably gonna be more because you guys are like breeding corn over there, aren't you? Yeah, There's
0: a lot of good corn sex going <laughs> on in the camp. A, get started a lot of good corn sex, a lot of good corn. That's, sex a, that's another
1: episode topic, too. Corn sex, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> corn sex. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get Nick on here for that, but um, yeah, but yeah, so just just you know, you. I think the moral of the story, the moral of these two episodes, is you just need to do something different, something unique, to kind of stand out and make your name. Because if if you try to do what all these other distillers are doing in your own way, um, you're not you're not breaking that gap, you know, too much. You're not you're not breaking the bridge. You're just kind of doing something else, uh, you know, reverse engineered. You need to really do something that's gonna, you know, really stand out. Be completely different and just run with that. Run with what you have that's working that people, you know, have said they've enjoyed or liked um, and just take off with it.
2: Yeah, I, I think one of the coolest things that whiskey acres is, is coming out with soon and i'll edit this out if i'm not supposed to talk about it but
1: uh <laughs> we don't we don't edit guys here. Have, uh, this is this is going on live yeah i've, I've <laughs> seen
0: your editing skills they are not good <laughs> we don't ever edit anything
2: let's just be clear <laughs> but whiskey acres is coming out with the all in illinois uh mm-hmm. bottles uh probably what a year or so no, until those are ready years. two years at least two years but you can
0: it's, it's not a it's not a thing it's uh when you do the House tour they're front and center now no, right. okay so i mean
2: explain that because it's a really cool concept and it, it's really only something that's available to a distillery like whiskey acres where they're in control of like every aspect of the production
0: yeah so i mean it was uh it's it's all our locally grown ingredients between the wheat and the corn and the barley um which is nothing different for us the biggest thing is we had to get barrels because that's the next thing you need so uh a, a old oak tree at Morton Arboretum had to get cut down and they reached out to us and asked if we wanted to get some wood from the oak tree so we did and then we found a guy in Illinois that was that used to be a cooper uh, and he did a couple barrels for us. So the barrels are made from a tree in Morton Arboretum in Lyle, Illinois. And I think that Cooper was somewhere down southern Illinois, but he made four barrels and then all the ingredients were grown on the farm and it's sitting there in uh in our in our Rick Houses. So I mean, we're as far as we know, we're the only people that have something that's entirely from the state of Illinois. So Something yeah, good is, coming out of Illinois for once, which is kind of nice. <laughs> which is pretty cool. I mean like I, I think it's and, very it's,
2: cool. Uh, it, like I said, it's it's something that's afforded to a distillery that uh really takes control of the entire process start to finish. And I feel like a lot of distilleries, particularly in Kentucky, don't have a whole lot of choice about where their corn comes from, where their barley comes from, where their rye comes from. Um, cause even though there is some corn grown in Kentucky, there's not nearly enough to support all of the distilleries in Kentucky. Um, so yeah, I, it, it just another thing, uh, that you can use to feature yourself and, and make yourself, uh, uh stand out in the in the marketplace of distilleries across uh the country right now.
1: Yeah. So yeah. I would I would add like kind of summing that up, like stand out locally, build a good following locally, get people in your area to come to your distillery, um, you know, support your brand, which obviously Whiskey Acres has done a really good job of. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome.
2: Speaking of that, it's not often uh, we compliment November, each other yeah <laughs> uh November we'll be recording an episode at rush creek um which will be fun um Dan is kind of gonna be a turncoat on on that episode,
0: but that's okay um turncoat I'm not gonna slip anything into any of their products <laughs> along the way yeah no no sabotaging anything Dan <laughs> no it's I mean, the, the fun thing is, especially uh, like Kentucky might be a little bit different because there is so much competition, but it's we're all pretty friendly amongst distilleries, uh, <laughs> all of our, all of our local people. So, um, no, it's fun.
2: Yeah, so uh, Rush Creek is another Illinois distillery uh, out in uh, Huntley, I think. Harvard. Right? Harvard, 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 Illinois. Um, so yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, sounds like we're going to get to record on the uh out in front of the dis- uh wow Still? the stills Still. there <laughs> you go <laughs> that's
0: what, what happens like, when you get but, but i was when like we do that's two not... episodes <laughs> <laughs> this is why we can't do back to back episodes Jake can't think <laughs> yeah um so yeah that'll be
2: fun um uh and that was set up by a friend of the show Tom uh at Antioch Barrel uh, if you want any kind of barrel furniture or barrel related things, decorations or whatever in your house, give him a shout. Uh, you can find him on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Antioch Barrel. Um, he makes really cool stuff. Um, we posted our, we've got our barrel toppers that say Bourbon Matters. Um, so he did those for us. Uh, super cool. Um, so yeah, check him out if you're in the in the market for some cool bar furniture or something like that.
0: Yeah. And if you want to make Jake's phone go ka during an episode and hear it, you can do that by buying stuff online at Gold Eagle. You can. Jake, yeah. where can they do that at?
1: Uh, yeah. I'm going to see if I can turn that off, but I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I just should let it go during <laughs> episodes. Uh, GoldEagleWine.com. You can shop our entire inventory. Also download our app. Um. Follow us on Facebook at Gold Eagle Spirits. Follow us on Instagram at Gold Eagle Wine. Um, And, yeah, stay up to date with all of our new releases and what's
0: going on at the store.
1: Dan, where can you find Bourbon Matters? Ooh, throwing them on the spot. Uh,
0: Usually if you type in the Google box, you can uh, find us on Instagram at Bourbon Matters, Facebook at Bourbon Matters. Listen to
1: another episode and hear how Jake plugs it. That's yeah, how you listen, don't it. listen to me. I'm not good at this. I
0: don't I, I'm the setup guy. I'm not the I'm not the knock 'em down guy. Uh you yeah, can listen to it. us. If you're already listening to us, you already know how to find us. <laughs> yeah. You can listen to us on anything where you find where you listen to your podcast, YouTube, at Bourbon Matters as well. You you know the drill. All right. All right. Well, guys, try other whiskeys, not just in Kentucky, um, because they're just as good, if not yeah, better.
2: Don't be one of those people.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers.